0: In conclusion, to the Guru Puja proceedings at Mysore, I give out this discourse, continuing the topic that was initiated yesterday, namely, pranayama, pratyahara, dhāraṇa. Before I get into the subject, I have a very pleasant duty to symbolically celebrate the forty-ninth birthday of the World Chakra's monthly magazine called Navani. Navani is the mouthpiece of the wisdom that comes from the voice of the hierarchy. Nāvāṇī means my voice, my transfer, for the one I am. This magazine was conceived And in November, nineteen seventy two, and was first delivered on twenty second November, nineteen seventy two. So the magazine has been serving the purpose. of the world's chest for the grooves, as one of the main limbs of our activity. Today is the forty-ninth birthday. Having completed 48 years. It so happened that this 22nd November has come to be a Sunday. Therefore we integrated the function into our Sunday talk. and into our Mysore-Guru Puja celebrations and also into our middle Life teachings. Integration is the other name for yoga, that we integrate into one, since the whole universe has emerged from one as many In yoga, we try to integrate, thereby accommodating the group, accommodating all that is around, overcoming the borders that we build for purposes of convenience. So Navani is very familiar magazine in Baltic Trust in India. And on similar lines, during the Taras month of 1987, the Vaishak newsletter was conceived. Mostly whatever is given in Navani in terms of the teachings of the hierarchy, are given in Vaishak Newsletter. Thus Vaisak Newsletter also completed 33 years of service, and the mother magazine is Navani. So this magazine is quietly run by a team and a group of workers and is well supported by readers, subscribers and some sponsors. The persons who are presently handling the magazine. He is uh, our brother Navaneetam, who is called as V. R. K. Raja, Masarachika and Sri Swami. He is a retired manager from the bank and he has. Come on Ever since retirement he joined the Vol Trust activity in greater measure and he wholly dedicates himself to Navani. And then there is another person called Dhananjaya. He normally does all our Telugu book making activity and is also associated with the magazine Navani. And then we have Sri Garu and Sri Appaladasu. Sri B. Surya Rao. These are the working team. The articles mostly come from me and one or two other brothers from time to time. And the magazine is sponsored by the Bangalore Brotherhood and by our. Brother T.S.V. Ramana from Hyderabad and by Sri Anupindi Nagesh until recently by a lady called Anam Reddy Lata. So there are sponsors, there are subscribers, there is a team that works with much dedication and devotion for the magazine. And then there are articles coming from the hierarchy and the masters of wisdom, as also from Ramayana, Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam, and some ancient scriptures. So that is an event which is part of today's activity and I will just read out the shortest message coming from it, so that I do not cut into the main program. The... At the back of the page, there is a message where the disciple asks the Master, How do I visualize the light in me? The disciple is asking the Master, Master, how do I visualize the light in me? The master said, keep it aside, go and let this stove, light this stove, and prepare some hot tea. He said, keep your question aside, go to this stove, and then set some tea to you and for me. In the olden days, people used to use charcoal for purposes of cooking. It was to start with, it was firewood, later charcoal, and later came the gas stoves and the electric stoves. So that was a charcoal the charcoal stove. The disciple went up to this stove and then looked at the charcoal, which seemed to be completely put up. He came back to the master and said, There is no fire in this stove. There is no fire in this stove, so we cannot get the tea now. Then the master said, take a stick and stir the stove. Stir all the charcoal in this stove. You will surely find eh, some little spark still. Keep on fanning it. Then the fire will happen in this stove. Let me know if it is there or not. He went and he made an effort. And he found a very small flickering of some fire around a piece of charcoal. So he went on panning it. So all the charcoal gain the fire. And then he said, Master, fire is there in this stove. Likewise, light is there in you. Likewise, light is there in you. You too have to stir. You too have to fan. You have to make effort until the light is formed. Don't say there is no light in it. If there is no light, we cannot talk to is Isn't it? So the light is there. If you are not able to see, it is your problem. So as you keep on practicing, you find the light from within. The process is fanning, and that fanning is called pranayama. When you really do pranayama, The light has to be appearing. All that I said yesterday, no one does it, only they listen. People would like to listen, but they are not interested in practicing. So therefore they don't find light. But without light, how are you seeing? How are you listening? How are you speaking? How are you smelling? How are you tasting and touching? So therefore, such messages, every page contains beautiful messages, no long descriptions. Because mind is so tired, it cannot read and understand more than five sentences. So better give as little as possible by which you get the key to practice and then practice it. So the, generally the magazine has the swan in clean waters floating. So this is a little global introduction to the magazine Navani, An account of its 49th I could not show other team members because they are distantly deciding. And we all know that the distance distances us physically on account of corona. But they must be seeing it at their own house. So coming back to our topic relating to the triple aspect, namely it's a topic that is dedicated to Mysore Guru Pujas, it is dedicated to Sunday evening discourse and also dedicated to Mati Life, only to cover a little more about Yoga. As we all know, Yoga has eight steps. The first three steps relate to external practice. The next step, pranayama, is a transit from outer to inner. It's a transit step, fourth step. Even in the third step it starts with asana. From where you turn inward, and this turning inward is not by eliminating the outer. The beauty of yoga is, it integrates into you. You unfold into various layers, it refolds, it enables you to refold yourself into one unit. One becoming eight and eight once again becoming one. So in the process of integration the lower state of awareness joins the higher state of awareness. It's not that we eliminate the body, we eliminate the senses, We eliminate the outer mind, and we eliminate the inner mind. It's not the way. The way is, all this is you only. It's all you only that unfolded into eight states, being pure consciousness. With the three qualities you unfold into a triple state. That being the original, that one plus three is four already. The triple quality of will, knowledge and activity you unfold into that, into that triangle. And then it further unfolds into the five states of mind with the help of the five elements forming the five senses which are organized by the five pulsations. So it say each time you come into objective life, you are unfolding in eight steps, eight layers. You being the ninth one. And you are a descendant of the tenth one. Ten is his number. Whose name we cannot utter? Who has no form? Who cannot be comprehended? But into him or into that we can integrate. We can integrate into that and become that. When you are that, you don't cease to be. So you are an emergence from that and from you there are emergences. So what is yoga is all these unfoldments gradually get back to into their unity. That unity gives you the state of yoga. To make this principle well understood, what we say is, we give some worldly examples. So when you are there, you take a shower and then after the shower, You put on the inner clothing, before that the inner clothing is extraneous to you. After you put on the inner clothing, you also put on the outer clothing. If it is winter, you will also put on warm clothing. And when you come out, when you come out of your room, how many are you? You are only one, isn't it? You don't say, I, my inner garment, my outer garment, and my warm clothing, we all together are moving. Do we say like that? We don't say that, I have... I have come out. Because The outer, the outer garment is already integrated in your thought, you don't feel all that you wear, once you have worn it. Why? Because it's a process of integration. Likewise I have these glasses. When I come out, I cannot say, I, my inner garment, my outer garment, my warm clothing, And then, my specs, we have come. Do we say that? We don't say that. Thereafter we go to a breakfast table. Having come up to the breakfast table, you see some fruit juice, some fruits, and some cereals, and some bread. Variety of things are there before you. You have, you are, they are all not you, isn't it? But once you gradually consume the breakfast and get up from the dining table, do you say, I and my breakfast are now walking out? Can you see that? What do we say? I am walking. I am, you take a glass of water, you can't say, hi, my breakfast, my glass of water and my shoes. Do you see how you are able to integrate so very unconsciously, but all those were external to you? The more and more you get internal, the outer things get absorbed. It's a wrong philosophy. People teach us mostly. Eliminate the senses. Eliminate the mind. Eliminate the thoughts. Don't eliminate anything. Integrate everything. An ice block formed out of cool water. It is only the water that has become the ice block. So once again the possibility is for the ice block to integrate into water. When there is the sun ray, the block of ice gets back into its original form, which is water only. So what happened to the ice block? Is ice block eliminated or the ice ice block integrated? So the process of integration is what is to be taught by a true teacher but not the method of eliminating which he can never do because you are fully filled the whole system that you are so it can get integrated into you. Just as I said yesterday the the senses get integrated into the Outer mind, outer mind integrates into inner mind. Inner mind finds light. Inner mind finds light, and that light, you are in, when you are interested in it. Slowly relate to it, since it is the source of your inner consciousness. It gets absorbed into it. The lower is absorbed into the higher. The lower is absorbed into the higher. The lower expresses from the higher. That's why suppose when we come into a prayer hall or a lecture hall, you may not feel all that comfortable personally because you may need a little more breeze while others may not need it. So you raise the speed of the fan, the others go and reduce the speed of the fan, and then they get into loggerheads. To some it is hot, to some it is not that hot, and to some it is cold, isn't it? We all have different body constitutions, So feel them differently, but once you are absorbed to a teaching, all are oriented to the the teaching and you forget about the the less breeze or less heat or a bit cold or a bit hot, All all those are forgotten once you are into a higher state of your own awareness. What happened to that? You, these differences which you feel in the lower plane cease to be because you don't exist to it and they start integrating it. Same is the case with music. When you are a good listener of music, you get oriented more to the music and forget about the surroundings and even the discomfort of the chair. For a man who is not oriented to music, if he is seated not very comfortably, he only feels the discomfort. He only feels the discomfort. But for the one who is interested in music, he cares not what kind of chair in which he is sitting. He cares to listen. Once he starts listening is into a a different awareness and the rest of the awareness integrates with it. So also in yoga we are, we in us there are many, around us there are many. Once you associate with the ever acting, respiration, all your awareness is gathered around the respiration, which leads you to pulsation. And then, as you go deep into your pulsation, your subtle mind opens, which is the subjective mind. And you are not anymore aware of the surroundings. You are not so much concerned about the surroundings. When we start Say our prayer, and if you see some kind of insect on the wall, if you see, before starting the prayer, the insect may be observed, but after you are into the prayer, the insect ceases to you. That is an objective situation. Subjectively, whatever is in you, they all get integrated. They get integrated. In fact, for a yogi, when he sits around and there are people sitting around, he integrates into all of them. Because he has crossed his personality borders. A person who crosses the circumscriptions around him that he himself builds, he cannot himself move out. But a yogi is one who does not suffer from any pride, prejudices, opinions, judgments. They don't exist. He just exists. That all. A yogi exists. He doesn't hold on to a thought. Normally human beings, they are stuck to a thought. Even a spiritual thought, he is a thought, and beyond the thought there is a the ever-expansive spirit. Thought is already a constriction. Thought is a limitation. Thought builds a circumscription around us. So therefore, as you move into internal mind and move forward vertically in you, which was already explained yesterday, any number of times you explain, you don't get it unless you do it. But once you get it, you know what it is. So what happens is, you go to approximate to the source of light, which is in the head, not only in the heart. In the heart, the point of light is seen. Once you enter the heart, you would see that the light is coming from above through a vertical tunnel, a vertical channel. So since the mind is interested in knowing the source of the light, with the help of respiration, it starts moving up. That's what I was saying yesterday. That is where Udhanabhayu is of great help to let you upward. When you get, let you upward, We have so much phenomena, a lot of phenomena. That's why people write many books in the name of esotericism, only speaking about the phenomena. So phenomenal world is not the ultimate. Phenomenal world is is the way through which we have to go through to get into the nominal world. Nominal world means I am and its light. Phenomenal world. I am has its light. I am has its sound. With sound and light has two dimensions. I am is the state that you reach. Once you, make you, make a lift up in you. Before that, You have phenomena relating to air. You have phenomena relating to the colors emerging from the, from the one light. And the phenomena relating to numbers, planets, all phenomena is in between your original source and your state of being within you in the subjective mind. So as the subjective mind keeps on relating to the inner light, slowly the degree of light in us, the measure of light in us, gets brighter and brighter and brighter, and then you get absorbed into your light. You get absorbed into your light. There is no other light. That's the beauty. So when you get absorbed into your light, all around you only see light. All around you see light, you don't even see your form. Because this form is integrated. You don't see it unless you return. You don't see your form. Since you do not see your form, no other forms are found. No other forms are found. So you exist as a unit of awareness, as a pulsating unit of awareness, and do not find your form. Even if it is a heavy form, you don't find it. Otherwise, a very huge form that you may have, you don't find it. Even if your form is very beautiful, you don't find it this astral phenomena is, is a very secondary phenomena you would only see yourself as a pulsating awareness and all around you in all ten directions you would only have light and light and light it's an experience into when you get into you do not feel like returning even sometimes, but there is the time dimension as also the place dimension. We these to come through time and nature and you would st- get back into your form, but we recollect what we have been experiencing. That's so, how so, pratyahara is a state where your inner observer is absorbed into the light which it is observing. The observer is absorbed into that which is observed. But you still remember I am. You still remember I am? So you are, you, you do not cease to be, but you, you see that all around is light. And the friend of pulsation is with you all the time. That's why it is said that the soul is a pulsating awareness. That is what happens at the pratyahara state. And then in your regular meditations, when you are able to hold it well, when you are able to hold it well, From being a point of light, pulsating point of light, slowly from the brow center, you, your light and your awareness starts gradually permeating into surroundings because there is no body constriction. It keeps on, it, it, it starts slowly in a manner that you integrate into all that is surrounding him. that's where the impact of a yogi is into the surroundings the yogi may be sitting in a corner but his impact keeps on improving the horizon keeps on improving that's why people go to ashrams you know ramana ashram Master see ashram, so many ashrams, and there, whether the master is there or not, they sit quietly. Many of you who come to India, you also believe sitting in the prayer hall, when you have nothing else to do, closing your eyes. This habit has come because people have experienced that in a place of, in a place where a master lived, or in a place where a master is living, the awareness is vertically distanced and keeps on expanding. Like a waterfall, it keeps on this The energies keep on coming down and then keep on spreading into the surrounding. That's how many yogis believe, just being there just being there, connected to something else which is the further step from dharana to dhyana. They relate to that. I am relates to that. And they stay linked. And they sit. And people, they do come. They sit for a while. When the yogi opens his eyes and smiles at the audience, they feel joyful and again he closes his eyes. And then they keep on sitting, people come, they sit one day, they sit two days, they sit three days, only smile comes. And in the, in the process, the, the visitors there to gain a certain measure of light, that calms them down. So, until they feel that they are fulfilled, they keep on sitting in the presence of an altar, of a yogi, or if the yogi himself is living, they sit and then rejoice by being around. No talk, no speeches, no elaborate discourses, all is answered. That was how Ramakrishna was. People who came to him, they used to just sit around. That's it. It was also, it was so with the Sri Ramana Maharshi. He was just sitting. Once in a way they used to talk. People who, who know. People who know less, they talk more. People who know more, they don't talk. That's how the process reverses. So there are talking gurus and there are silent gurus. So these are Ramana Maharshi and Sri Aurobindo, once in three months he was speaking. Once in three months he used to speak to people. That is, around solstice, around equinox, and uh, that's it, three months. These are two, two equinoxes, two solstices, in between the ninety days silence, two, three days speaking. When it comes to Ramana, seldom he used to speak, but people were enlightened. And your questions are answered. People receive answers from within themselves due to the presence of such beings that they sit and then they keep on relating to that in them and that I am is this state, the more and more the influx happens, the more and more the spread happens. That is what is called tapas. So these are, that is the step where in dharana everything is transmitted in silence. There is no apparent movement. They stick to a place and they let, they let the energy move around. They sit in a place and they let the energy move around. That's the beauty of inculcating the habit of what we call prayer and uh, deepening it again, more and more and more and more. You yourself receive information and you yourself expand in your consciousness. And whatever is getting into you spreads itself and people get answered, people get solace and then they feel after three, four days, I received answer to my question, I go now and I come back if and when is necessary or convenient. That's how people reach, in their advanced states of practice, less movement, less speech, and then relating to silence, listening to silence, listening to silence, isn't it? We have an invocation which Master Sadiq gave us. May we speak the silence? How can you speak the silence? That means in silence you have listened to something. That something is relevant to the fellow who came to you. So he listens vertically and then he answers horizontally. He receives and speaks. He receives and speaks. If he doesn't, until he receives, he doesn't speak. So maybe he speaks the silence without breaking it, isn't it? But we, our problem is, there's so much noise in our mind. So just because we don't speak for a while, are we silent? The mind keeps on goading all kinds of. Things. There is an inner noise. If a man is let alone or if a woman is let alone, there is inner noise which troubles them more than the outer noise. That's where they have to go out. Isn't it? People get mad if they cannot go out. You know, people in Corona. they're in such a great discomfort when they're asked not to move out. It's so boring to stay at home to them. Why boring? Because there is such a humdrum in, in the mind that they, they keep on receiving thoughts, multiple thoughts, multiple so much conglomeration of thoughts. They keep on fighting, which is all that conflict which exists in you. It keeps on dumping into your conscious layer of the mind and you get mad. That's why people people are badly need to go for a weekend, but they carry their mind there. Only to escape from their mind. People do so many things which do not help them. The only single way is the theory of homeopathy. You have to face it. Okay, let the mind make as much noise as it can make. I will keep on observing it. If your mind is your problem, since it is an offshoot relating to you, keep on looking at it. Observe whatever thoughts come, don't control them, let it think, let it bring in all kinds of unpleasant past, isn't it? It only brings unpleasant things first, pleasant things never and then, but it is always speaking, 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 speaking. If there is a parrot at home, and it speaks once a while, you rejoice it. If the parrot is always speaking, you taught it. You only teach the parrots, and it keeps on making noise. You feel so fed up, isn't it? You tell them, you tell the parrot, shut up. It also says, shut up. Then you have to tell the parrot, I am not able to shut up. Will you be able to shut up? It also says, I am also not able to shut up. You shut up, I shut up. So our mind is our problem. It makes such a noise. And Master was so dexterous in expressing it. The darkness of noise we do, isn't it? It's all darkness. May it fill the darkness of noise we do. People read all over the globe the invocation. No one ever understands by because they are not silent. If only you are silent, an invocation can be understood in vistas. Vistas. Be it Master Jalkus, great invocation, or be it Master Ike's invocation. May it fill the darkness of noise and convert it into the light of our background. But we keep on spe- You know why we speak? Otherwise our, we are not comfortable with our mind. By letting it out, you are more comfortable. At least you are exhausted. Whatever has accumulated in the mind is thrown out. Just like if, if your mind is empty, what speeches you can make? That is a, That emptiness is what is called silence. In that silence you listen. In that silence we listen. May we listen to it. May we speak the silence? That is a message coming from higher circles. That is what you transmit. You are impressed. You are impressed from those realms which are beyond silence, beyond the valley silence. And then you express. That's how Bailey expressed. That's how Blavatsky expressed. That's how Masariki expressed. He did not express because he is a scholar. Masariki was a great scholar of Vedas and Upanishads, and master of literature. But he did not speak because unless he is impressed from higher circles, he did not prefer to speak because there was a time where he was into a great activity of being a poet, a poet and a teacher, a writer. Then he found that it was all a wasteful exercise. He is wasting away his time. So thereafter he got into the hierarchical energy. After the touch of hierarchy, he did not write anything by himself. He did not speak discourses by himself. Only as he is impressed, so he is to express. Those expressions, they live long because they have an eternal life. Other expressions, today you speak, tomorrow it is forgotten. Isn't it? So this impression keeps on happening in the surroundings even if you don't speak. Is it not a beauty? You come and sit in the master's room. Even now, people come and sit master's, in master's room, <coughs> isn't it? And they get some kind of solution or some idea and then they move up. And they have their own way of relating to the master there. So therefore, what is happening? A yogi in body or out of body. He keeps on impressing, keeps on impressing. So this impression keeps on permeating. Likewise, when you are at the state of dhāraṇa, your energies keep on permeating and touching people who are looking for certain solutions are looking for, for certain additional practices than what they are doing, it keeps on happening because all are connected and in the higher circles they know who is connected to whom. That's why many knowers, the true teachers, if some aspirant comes to him and asks for advice, he himself says, I am not your teacher. You have a teacher whom you will find. You pursue what you are already pursuing. Don't we see such a stories in, uh, in the books relating to Mahatmas? They say, "I am not your teacher." Your teacher will come to you. You pursue with whatever you are pursuing. Why? Because they know who is connected to whom. So this impression is, as far as. Many are concerned, it's a miracle. But to the one who is at uh, the brow center, holding on to the the, the disc light br- disc light, brilliant light he is with it and then slowly it loses its. It loses its circumscription. That's the beauty. Meaning what? You are moving out of the body. The awareness, moving out means it is by way of permeation. If something seriously touches you at your feet, you will come back there. Don't think. It is such an absence of awareness in any part of your body. A yogi is here and there. He is not absent-minded. He is not absent-minded, he is here, he is there, meaning just like the sun ray. The sun ray is at the sun. He is all through, it is there, the ray, and it comes and touches the earth, touches us. Throughout, it is there, nowhere it is broken. There is no disjoint, there is no gap, that is what is called the state of Ashva. Ashva means a sun ray which naturally permeates and is not, cannot be displaced. Meaning, the sun ray which emerges from the sun, when it reaches earth, it is still there at the sun. Meaning what happened? It expanded. This expansion of consciousness enables you to be here and to be elsewhere. To be here and to be elsewhere. These are not miracles. These are all attainments to a sincere student of yoga. That's how sitting in Kulu Valley, Master Jhalkul, dictated for thirty years to Alice Bailey, who was stationed in New York. She never met him. Her master was Master Kuthumi. That master appeared to him two, three times, every seven years. She had the good luck of seeing the master. He used to come give presents and whoever, no talk, because the lady was very moody and depressive. Alice Bailey had a tough life, right from childhood, for the simple reason she did not like the surroundings, because she was not born for it. She was grown in kingly palaces by royal families, with all that pomp and procedures and formalities about which she is least interested. She came with a purpose. The purpose has not yet arrived. Not only she came with a purpose, she also came with some karma. Until the karma has reached its last parts, The purpose did not start. So she was a frustrated person all the time. It was so with Blavatsky until her twentieth year. They came for one purpose. Something else is happening over there. Then what would they do? How do they? Just like we go to a marriage for the feast. We go to the marriage for the feast the feast is getting delayed, you get restless, because you did not go for the marriage, is it? Likewise, when the purpose, the main purpose for which you are on, when it is not there, you are frustrated. So it gives you a clue. If you are frustrated, it means all that you are doing now is not valid for you. The reverse is the truth. So therefore, when she found the purpose, joyfully she lived another part years, another thirty-five to 40 years. Joyfully. And this mysterious man, he never moved out of Himalayas. He did not go to Jiyadh. They were very tough. Don't think they are all... they are as tough as they are compassionate. Three times he asked her, take two dictations that I give. She was not willing. Then Master Kuthumi himself came and said, he is my most advanced and dearest disciple. Since I am engaged with other activities, through the, the wisdom that has to come to the world, through you, will be dictated by, by him. You start taking the dictations. And in the beginning Bailey thought, since she is an English woman, that what what English this man knows from Tibet. So he went on dictating certain terms that she herself did not know. Just to give an example, how Master Jalkul worked with Blavatsky? How Master Jalkul, sometimes Kuthumi worked with Blavatsky? How they all work with their disciples? It's a matter of expansion of their consciousness. All masters of wisdom, their, their awareness today is such it expands the whole planet. It it, it completely encompasses the whole planet. So if if you really invoke them, they are there, you may not be able to notice it. Such is the beauty. And some of them, they do even interplanetary communication. Interplanetary communications. And a few of them have schools in other planets. Can you imagine? They have schools, just like we open branches here and there. There are schools in Mars, there are schools in Venus, there are schools in Mercury, relating to the hierarchy that we have. So therefore, coming back to the point, from Pratyahara you are settled with Dharana. The work is, when you are working with your respiration, you are working with inhalation and exhalation, prana and apana. When the mind is absorbed into respiration, then the mind and the respiration, when they come to complete agreement, the the samana prana prevails, where you do not feel so much that you are respiring, but it is happening that I explained yesterday. The example for that generally given is, you are driving, you are learning to drive. When you are learning to drive, you are completely with driving. Even if someone is talking to you by your side, you get irritated because he is disturbing your driving. But after five, six years, You are so dexterous with your driving that you put on the tape recorder, you engage the neighbor and if you don't, if he doesn't speak you are frustrated. Isn't it? You want someone as a company to talk to you when you are a long drive. How is it possible? Earlier everything is a disturbance to you. Later when you are, when you are a master of That activity nothing disturbs me. That's why at work when people are disturbed frequently it means they have not accomplished their work. When you are accomplished, eh, it is like fish taking into water, no effort. There is specific aphorism allocated further by Patanjali. Don't think you have accomplished eh, as long as you feel the effort. don't think you are accomplished. As long as you feel the effort. Isn't it? The moment you don't feel the effort, you are accomplished. Likewise this, when mind and respiration when they are integrated, respiration, mind takes to backseat, respiration also takes to backseat, only pulsation remains. That is called samana prana. Thereafter it takes to vudana prana and you you are led up. You go up. As you go here, this is where you touch vyana prana, which brings you out and leads you everywhere, not only everywhere around you according to your ability, Asana into every part of your body, to the and corner of your body. That is the beauty of Vyana, which is the final prana that one has to achieve. So that is what dharana helps us to gain. The topic I've opened only because a sister from Spain has asked for it. At least someone has asked for it, we have to speak or do All this, thanks to Master Sarike, in the earlier times, everywhere he was asked about, asked to speak about Patanjali Yoga. So Patanjali Yoga, whatever Master spoke with examples, they are integrated into Therefore, it became easy later for me to express. It's a matter of Impression coming from a master to his associate, isn't it? By being around the master, the master master doesn't have to teach you, doesn't have to teach you. It permeates and you are filled with it. And you experience it by your practice just when it is impressed and when very doesn't receive well. What can the master do? There are occasions where Master Juhalpul had to correct Bailey that she is into many other things. Unless she is really, she has real, complete reference to this work, he will not, he will no more dictate. Once you find the taste, then they play the game. Until you find the taste, they are around you. Once you find the taste, then they will, you will have to be around. They know that this fellow got the taste, he will run around. He will run around me. So that's how the impression, see this impression is a way of teaching now. You You are taught during sleep hours. You are taught during your prayer hours. You are taught during your lonely hours. That's how Master K. received entire spiritual astrology from master CD. As also spiritual psychology. And also mantra scripture. These are all direct dictations which Master himself informed us. Direct dictation. Once you are very familiar with the master's way of expression, then they give you seed thoughts and you will express in the same terms in which the master would express. What happened? You have integrated into him. And he integrated into you. Isn't it? Guru Sishra Ipayad, Sishra Guru hipad. It is two way. If you don't have to do it, you will not be able to Guru. If you don't do not be able to English please. That's why, if the student is not oriented, the integration by the teacher into the student does not happen. Therefore, this Dharana, state of dharana, which is with Vyana, enables you to integrate even with that. As you are trying to integrate with that, and that also tries to integrate with you, I am that, that I am. I am that, that I am. Isn't it? Aham saham. So. Hamsa Soham. the other. Aham saha. I am that. Soham that I am. So that I am, that I am, that I am, that I am. Throughout your life, your heart keeps on trumpeting. So that is the ultimate mantra which is given. That I am. Once you are trying to integrate with that, that also starts integrating with you. Then who remains? Who remains? That remains, you don't remain, because the lower integrates with the higher. You can't integrate that into you, because you are such a small, hmm, particle. So, into the whole the path is integrated, that is samadhi, the eighth step. The eighth step, samadhi, is integration. Once you accomplish this pranayama, you are well-off, you are rich. You are rich in your life, once you accomplish pranayama. Accomplishing pranayama is defined by Patanjali as a state where you believe it's your conviction and your, your experience that things happen you don't do. People may speak of such things, but they should experience. Things happen. You are just there as a means that you have to experience, then only I can take you as a student that has accomplished pranayama. And we know all these things. Many times we get depression because we are very far from this. Isn't it? Therefore my thanks to Mariana from Sabhadar, this topic, I was thinking how to cover in two classes, because from tomorrow we are into some other topic, isn't it? Therefore, keep on consciously working out, and you cannot remember these dimensions unless you yourself experience. So the step is pranayama, which people are not able to do. It is happening in you as a respiration. Why don't you join your respiration? What is so big effort? It is happening in you. You join it. We don't know how to join. We want to handle it. Our problem is everything we want to handle. But you are already being handled by respiration. You are being handled by your prana in, in five ways. The awareness is handling you, the, the prana is handling you what is so big about you? And uh, when you are when things happen through you with almost effortlessly, is it not a joyful state? Is it not a joyful state? So therefore associate with pranayama, it fulfills you, In the world it also fulfills you, in the other world, because it leads you to prityahara. There you gain the taste, and then lead you to dharana, and then expansion, jhana, and then final integration. Especially from the second half of life, people should get more oriented to this, less activity outside, more activity inside. More activity inside. Find time to sit and relate to respiration and then gradually all these steps keep happening if you are able to regularly relate to it. So let us all recollect this and see what best we can do. And get up to the Bro Center. Get up to the bro Center. Krishna also speaks only about Bro Center. He does not speak of other centers. He says bhrubo madhyo You have to think of this place. That's where Everything is connected to you, in relation to you. So that's the headlight and it has other lights above it. So just keep observing there, no concentration. Concentration from the master's viewpoint is a bad word. Yoga means observation. Be an observer. If you concentrate, you get headache. If you observe how, it is all happening there. It's like looking at the silver screen, where images keep on. Some image will carry you and take you away. Then again you recollect. Keep seeing the image. Even in the movie it happens to us. Sometimes we are absorbed into the episode of the movie, isn't it? And when there is a sorrowful scene, you will also weep. Isn't it? <coughs> and when there is a, a scene relating to humor, you will also laugh. Laugh loud, isn't it? So many people laugh loud. Very few people observe la- others laughing and the episode of humor there. They are all Navarasa Bharatanga nine types of expressions happen in life. So people keep observing, they are the yogis, people who get involved into it. For an observer it is different. He takes all scenes and then he finds the beauty of the story, the beauty of the director, the beauty of all those in the background that produced the movie. All others, normal, simple people, they only see the actors and actresses. They don't see beyond. They don't care who is the music director, who is the one that... who is the singer, who is the choreographer, who is the director of photography, we are least bothered. We see a movie and we get involved into it and we only know those who speak nothing original. An actor cannot speak anything original. He, he, this, the dialogue is scripted, the movement is scripted. So these are the sh- shallow things that we see. But if you see beyond, you see much more. And you are, as, you are in complete equilibrium. You are not into sorrow, you are not into laughter. So this observation is the ultimate of yoga. What is yoga? The answer is observation. Be an observer. That's what Krishna said, that's what C.V.V. said, that's what anyone who knows has to say. If someone says something else, just close that book and look for the (laughs) right direction. So this is a very brief presentation of these uh, steps of yoga, it's really brief. I cannot arrogate to myself that I have spoken to you. Patanjali Yoga because it contains 200 aphorisms and pranayama starts somewhere in the middle. So if I say that Patanjali will be deeply sympathetic to me and, and feel poor fellow, he doesn't feel that his subject is not well presented. He would only feel sorry for us. Sorry for me because of that kind of presentation and sorry for you for having listened to that kind of interpretation. Keep listening to yesterday's class and today's class repeatedly. This can be better presented with examples. Only through examples we can present. It. So therefore let the practice start with pranayama, thereafter it's your regularity that leads you to, it, it leads itself because the soul which you are is craving for it. It has come for that and the personality involves in other things. So many other things you are lost. So the personality gets distressed, depressed and then sorrowful, all kinds of things. This is what is my humble presentation to Mysore Guru Puja celebrations, as a topic which requires to be practiced by all senior sadhakas. This does not come in the way of your regular life. You don't. Have, it doesn't hinder your regular life. Regular life is conducted. It is. It is conducted, and it all happens effortlessly, and you feel more available to the practice of yoga. May that be so with all of us. Namaskarams.